random topics loosely followed. Welcome to the Perpetually Untitled Podcast. Hi, Carla. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. Good, good. Uh, You brought a book. I did. I did. So I went to a used book sale and... uh, this is a 1910 publication titled Impromptu. Kleiser is the, the author, and he ran way back over 100 years ago a correspondence course. So these books are out of copyright. You can actually find them on Project Gutenberg in full text. So it's called Impromptu or How to Think on Your Feet. And it is a mixture. It's got a, an essay about forensic eloquence. So the importance of public speaking, and it has 200 different topics that are suggested topics that one may want to have prepared one-minute speeches for. And then... So just to contrast, so so uh-huh. 2020's Random Topic Generator, yeah. we've had camping, we've had new experiences, we've had holidays. What are some examples of 1910 topics? The automobile. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a hot topic. I mean, there it, there's 200 of these here. So, bores, as in as in people who are boring, not the animal. <laughs> I was either way, good stuff. <laughs> uh, death, Ooh, you know, light yeah. topics like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, enemies, envy, equality, electricity. Electricity. Is a topic. Yeah, yeah, I'd like I to mean, have that someday. Yeah. Right. Right. The farm is a topic. Uh, the Japanese. <laughs> As a topic in 1910, I so there's not a speech about that topic in here, um, for which we could probably be glad. Yes, <laughs> because we go on to things like the mob, the newsboy, old maids, and you'd mentioned I think women's suffrage was women's suffrage is in here, smoking, socialism. I mean, it's interesting because that was only. A couple generations ago, you know, a little over 100 years ago. I mean, this is right before my grandparents were born. My grandparents were born in the teens and early 20s. Right. So, yeah. So, like, four generations ago, Mm -hmm. things like the automobile and women's suffrage were hot topics. Well, I think I've mentioned before, like, my family, the crazy hoarder tendencies, blah, blah, blah. Well, we have in our family's possession. I'm not sure where they're physically located at the moment. Several encyclopedia sets. <laughs> um, so I used those as a child to do reports. And I picked, of course, the prettiest of the encyclopedia sets. As you do. Which was a 1776 reprint replica of the 1876 encyclopedia. So if you went to the section on aeronautics, it was balloons. <laughs> Because there were no airplanes. Right. Um, and then there is a a actually from the nineteen I think nineteen eleven edition of an encyclopedia. And if you go to the entry on algebra, it is basically a small textbook right there within this encyclopedia. So yeah. I don't think algebra has likely changed. I think that possibly the way we teach it has progressed. Yeah. But yeah. You know, when you're in school, you think of all these things you're learning that you mm-hmm. think I'll never need to know mm-hmm. this again. But the number of times I've needed to know, not necessarily remember the formulas, but the number of times I've needed to know things like, you know what, I can calculate the height of this item. Mm-hmm. Or 
knowing the length of a piece of string and I make it into a circle, what the diameter is going to be with a simple formula. Like I was putting a small piece of fencing around something in my yard and I was able to use, you know, like pi or squared, I think, to calculate like, okay, I have this much fencing, how big of a circle. What what is the circumference? Yes. And it took me a minute to remember what the formula was and I had to Google it (laughs) to make sure. Yeah. But But, um, (laughs) I had to Google, like I had to Google, of course, you, you Google it and it just Google does the math yes. for you. You don't even need yes. to find a calculator to do it. You just say, yeah, what is the radius given diameter of two feet or whatever, whatever okay. it was. And it just does it for you. But One the fact that I, that. that I, I'm sorry, circumference. So <laughs> there I, you go. <laughs> yeah, sir, circumference. I, <laughs> what I remembered was, what I remembered is I could do this with math. Yeah. And then the internet helped me take it from it's, there. It's interesting. So, it's now interesting, you know, watching kiddo do her homework. She's up to like multiplication of multiple digit numbers. And so the way that they teach that to them is different now, but it's, it's interesting. Well, and I, I am like my way of learning, I think has always been, I won't let the deep, like, I won't remember the details necessarily, but mm-hmm. I remember I can do this thing mm-hmm. and I can look up how to do it. If I, if I, I found need to, my right? old calculus notebook and I'm like, yep, that's my handwriting. All right. <laughs> I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> I found a number of years ago, I found an old grade card of mine from like mm-hmm. early elementary school. And there was notes on there about how I, and, and I've, I think we've talked about this, like what, what I, what would my diagnosis be today if I was in school today? Because mm-hmm. there's notes on there about how I daydream and mm-hmm. don't pay attention in class. Same. And, Chat was listed on mine. Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, I, I, I was always focused on some other detail, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it worked out for me. I, yeah. I, I, I dug a decent, <laughs> some sort of a, a decent outcome out of all yeah. of it. So. Yeah. Should we pick a topic? Yeah, let's pick a topic. All right. I'm probably going to change it with For the For any next. new listener who starts with this episode, they're like, what the crap is that? <laughs> the TLDR version is Matt had a drum roll. I Carla, mocked him for the drum roll. Carla hated the drum roll. I, I gave him an example from Press Your Luck, we decided is probably the closest okay. game show. And Matt recorded my example. <laughs> And it's and now, a button it's now the button on the soundboard. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hospitals. Hospitals. Man, we did a bunch of vetoes last episode. And I, can, I, kinda... I, I feel like all of my stories are going to be depressing. Yeah, I know. That's my thought as well. I don't have any positive things to say about no. hospitals. All right, let's veto. Veto. All right. Money. Money. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty money. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to go as far these days as it did not too long ago. Earlier this same year. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I'm not one to be like I'm not one to generally sweat the cost of things. Right. It is what it is, and if I want it, I get it. Right. Right. But which is a privilege. It, yes. But I went through. I think it was Burger King, and I got a large soda mm-hmm. and it was like three dollars and twelve cents it's always like, a ripoff wow yeah. i mean I, it was like i remember it was like a dot like not quite two dollars last time i mentally logged what 
a large mm-hmm. beverage was. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's like 80% carbonated water. So well, that was, that was just, that, that, that's, that was one. And, and then we went to Arby's the other night and it was almost $20 for like yep. two sandwiches, some fries and two drinks. And yep. like, I don't remember ever coming close to $20 going through a, a drive through for two people. So it's, it's, uh, it's creeping up there. Is it is so we have the staples that we are always buying whenever we go to the grocery store. Rob drinks a lot of pop, and I mean he doesn't really drink coffee. He doesn't have many vices, but he loves pop, and that has gone up. So we would buy it. It comes in a flat at Costco. It's thirty five cans, and it had been fourteen dollars and some odd change. At the beginning of the summer, and it's now up to like sixteen ninety nine or something like that. So, you know, it's not well, incredibly higher, but it's it's creeping up, right? And I think, I mean, I think the reason, I mean, inflation's always been a thing, but it's been more subtle. I think that's what's really catching me these days is how quickly, mm-hmm. you know, it's a sharp increase. Yeah, like I think that's one thing. I mean, I don't, I haven't had cable for eons, right? Same. I was a very early cord cutter. They would get you by just adding, like everything would go up like maybe 30 or 40 cents a month. You don't really mm-hmm. notice it, but mm-hmm. then you look at your bill now versus a year ago, oh, it's another $8 a month. But it seems like nowadays things are incrementing fat quickly enough yeah. that it's much more, it's much more prevalent. Yeah. there There's an index, there's a consumer price index, and they have, I don't remember how many, like a hundred or maybe even only 50 things and a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a dozen eggs, and how much those things cost the average consumer. It's quite a bit more than earlier this year. So, yeah, we uh, are in a similar position to you. Thankfully, we are are comfortable, and so we don't sweat the little stuff. But Rob and I have <laughs> are already kind of thrifty. Like, we will get... Drive kind through. Kyle. I know people who are way thriftier. <laughs> I, I do as well. I do as well. Um, You're still a little more, I think, like there's a middle point. We're, we're definitely, definitely on to of, one side, yes, yeah. of the bell curve there, yes. Uh, but like getting pop out is such a ripoff unless you're in a place that gives you refills. Like it is literally more than a two liter would cost you. So we will typically get our Wendy's or whatever drive through and then just take it home or honestly at that point i'll spend a little bit extra and get a frosty <laughs> you remember uh, it, it, given our audience i'm sure a lot of people do um the web i think it was a web series the guild yeah Felicia Day. Felicia Day. in one of the one of the episodes the guy brings like his own cheese slices yeah because <laughs> he's like oh that costs you 40 cents to have a mad cheese you can get 10 slices for 40 cents I'm, or whatever. And I picture you like having little slices of American cheese tucked away when you go to the restaurant. No, no. But I am remembering uh, this was a few years ago. Our friend who has been on a, a previous bonus episode, Curator Randy and I were down in the Cincinnati area. We were there for a conference. We met up with some old friends. And one of these friends is notorious and is is a cheaper person than I and figured out some way where I think he peer pressured our other friend. Like if one of them got an extra patty 
on their sandwich. And then the other one just ordered the bun <laughs> that it was, and then like a salad. Yeah. It was cheaper than both of them getting a sandwich or something very ridiculous like that. <laughs> and so, that's mean, where I draw the line. Like, and my, well, and my theory is everybody has places that they are more liberal with mm-hmm. their money on and, and other areas where they're a bit more conservative. Like I will spend... If I'm shopping for an item, I will typically spend the time deciding, okay, well, you know, this one will be less expensive for shipping or this one will be less expensive in taxes or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I do spend a fair amount of time making sure that the purchases I'm making are as cost effective in that place and time as as they Mm -hmm. can be. So and another one is like with home repairs, you know, if it's something that I think I could figure out how to do myself with a little bit of YouTube and I have the tools and I don't have to go buy a bunch of tools to do Mm -hmm. it. You know, I will do that. Whereas there's a lot of people who have the philosophy of, I don't know anything about home repair and I'm going to call somebody every time. So like, that's my area where I try to save is when something around the house needs to be done. Like our spigots needed to be replaced and I've been doing that. And that's something that a lot of people would call. So, well, it's you know, interesting I think you the, mentioned tools because that's a not inconsiderable investment. Right. Yeah. Like, well, somebody I, was yeah. saying, I saw this a couple of days ago between YouTube and Harbor Freight, anybody can, <laughs> like anybody oh, can do Harbor anything Freight. now. <laughs> Harbor Freight has such junk tools. <laughs> you know, they do. I do have, um, I do have a couple Harbor Freight items. Yeah. My philosophy is if it's something I will use less than, let's say five times a year Mm -hmm. and it's something that I get those five times the use out of, it has paid for itself. Mm -hmm. That's when I go to Harbor Freight. Like I know people who buy like carjacks and stuff. I would not trust my life (laughs) (laughs) to something from Harbor Freight. I had the best carjack and it got stolen. I'm still mourning that. (laughs) Do you remember like a billion years? I, I used to drive a really little car. So I had had my car at the garage for some body work and the the body shop got vandalized and they came in, they stole all the tires off of my car and left it on milk crates. <laughs> I didn't know that. And yeah, it was a bummer. It was right around this time of year too. <laughs> so I was without my car for a long while, but I didn't realize until I got my car back that they had stolen the jack out of my car. So probably my tires were stolen with my very own jack. I'm still <laughs> And they in kept mourning. the jack. And they kept the It was a good jack. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any tools that I've ever had that I have any sort of a personal I have a favorite to. hammer. I, you know what? I do have a favorite screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's a little... Is it magnetized? No. Oh, no, yeah. it is not. So... So there's a, a great phrase about money, penny wise, pound foolish. Yeah, yeah I fully subscribe. And to and that yeah, one. and so I'm to that point in my life where like I will spend a little bit of extra to get something nice and then not have to replace it. So I see the appeal, you know, if I'm only gonna use the thing once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost rather rent a good one though and then not yeah. have to deal with the stuff because of course i'm not going to get rid of it if it still works so so i have um i have a harbor freight heat gun and i actually okay. now that i'm you know doing 3d printing i use the yeah. heat gun with some regularity and works just fine do you like melt 
things into shape more with a heat gun? What are you using um, the heat gun for? You can use it to warm it up a little bit, to shape it a little bit, but also depending on the type of filament you use, it can be a little stringy after the print's done. And the heat gun will basically make those little stringies disappear, basically. Okay. So okay. it's it's useful for that. And I have a I have a Harbor Freight branded Dremel, which again, Dremels we talked about like words that kind of mm-hmm. like any rotary tool is a Dremel because they kind of came mm-hmm. up with the first one. I wish I had a real Dremel because that thing is falling apart and I will at some point buy a new one. So even though he espoused the 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 whole Pennywise pound foolish philosophy, my dad loved cheap stuff at Harbor Freight. And just the <laughs> Was stuff. he one of those that were like have all the coupons and you get like the free flashlight. Yes. Do you know how many magnetic- free flash free <laughs> flashlights I've received in my life? <laughs> like tape measures. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Still have a lot of his tools. My brother has possession of most of them. And so I borrowed it, the chainsaw over the weekend. I I wouldn't use a Harbor Freight t- chainsaw. I, I would not. I I don't know that this chainsaw came from Harbor Freight. It is an electric chainsaw, so you it's corded. You have to keep it plugged in to use. And it's a piece of junk. <laughs> and so our uh our mutual friend who yep. is very outdoorsy and and is very knowledgeable about chainsaws in the ways that I am not was there to kind of do the dangerous work with me. And uh, we we actually called my brother and, and told him what a piece of junk this is. He goes, oh, I know. It was dad's. Yeah. He couldn't justify fixing his very nice gas-powered one, so he bought this cheap expletive yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I it's almost certainly... Uh, yeah, yeah. So he was, he was cutting corners in the moment, but now I'm like, man... Well, since that topic came up, um, I also did some tree work the yeah, same weekend that you yeah. did um, at a couple branches that were a little high up. And I have a like a pull saw. And again, this on the topic of money. Yes, I could have called a tree service and mm-hmm. paid a couple hundred dollars and waited mm-hmm. several days for them to to show up. But I had a ladder and I had a pull saw and I had free time, a little bit of free time. Paging so I combined, OSHA, paging I, I, OSHA. Paging OSHA, yeah. So I got up on the ladder and it was fine. I mean, it worked out. I'm, this could I'm have still... been a topic for our previous <laughs> vetoed, which is hospitals. You're very lucky. <laughs> I, it was not that. I mean, I, I, I played it safe. I made sure I was very stable before I did anything. Okay. And I probably saved several hundred dollars. Oh, in, gosh, yeah. In, uh, and I've got some firewood, some more firewood yeah. for the for the... The fire I have a, a very wee pile. We took down about half the tree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing tree murder. It's very exciting. So on closer to the topic of yeah. money, you have been, you, you were a full-time in the, I was full-time in the, the working world and you are no longer full-time in the working world, but it's you've talked, you've talked about getting your feet wet again with not full-time employment necessarily, yeah. but other other things. So that... I, I did some gig work this past summer. I have a friend who started her own business as a spinoff from the line of work that we were both in previously. And uh, it's, her business is booming, which is great for her, but she needed a little bit of extra help over the summer. So I did two different little like one-week stints with her. So it was it was nice. Um, 
life logistics wise, there are invisible costs to working, especially for women. Mm -hmm. Wardrobe, transportation, food. I used to eat out a lot more than I do now. Not only my lunch hour, but then coming home from work and not having the bandwidth or literally just the time to cook. So not working has saved us as a family some money. It's not it doesn't offset my salary. Right. But then we were we were literally at the point we were already hiring someone to come and help me clean, help us clean. Rob cleans also every other week just to stay on top of it. Like she didn't do our whole house. I'm like, please keep us from being filthy. And uh, we were on the verge of having to hire someone to pick kiddo up from school or take her to school or help out in that way. And Okay. So it, it adds up. I know back in the late 70s, early 80s, my mom did the same math. Bring it back to the other topic. <laughs> Daycare back then was even, I think, more expensive yeah. than now as compared to women's wages. And it would have cost them more money to put two kids into daycare than to, than well, her that, whole salary. She right. Was, there are people out there who, and I, I want to clarify, I'm not stating an opinion. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying like, I think this way or that mm -hmm. way. If, mm -hmm. if career is important to you, then career is important to you. I'm, I have no reason to judge that. It's just, it's interesting to me that there are people who work a full-time job, and that salary essentially offsets mm -hmm. the childcare. Yeah, I think possibly it depends on the industry. Like a lot easier to step out of and then step back into retail, uh, food service, which we have both mentioned that we right. would be terrible at. So kudos to anyone who waits tables out there. If I wanted to step back into the profession that I left right now, being about a year out, still being involved in some of my professional organizations. I just presented at a conference a little while ago. Wouldn't be terrible. The more time that goes by, I would have to start over. You know, I was at a specific level when I left. I don't think that it would be realistic to think that I could just step right back into that unless right. I did it really soon, which I'm not going to do. Right. Uh, and I think, um, and I, I, I mentioned this a bit, episode, I, I hate speaking on topics that involve parenting and children mm -hmm, and stuff like that. Because I, yeah, I, I'm not, not your wheelhouse. It's not my wheelhouse at all. And, and so I, I try to put myself in, in a position. And I, I don't, like, obviously there was a time in history where, um, and again, kind of going back to your book and, and women's rights and women's suffrage. But, you know, there was a time where one member of the family earned mm -hmm, the income and the other mm -hmm. member of the family manage the house. Mm -hmm. But then I think, you know, for the past couple decades, it's really been, mo I think mo many households are both parents dual or, or both dual income. Exactly. And it seems to me like things are slowly starting to swing back a little bit, whereas Childcare one of the two... hideously expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Childcare is hideously expensive. I think in the pandemic, we saw too that a lot of women's jobs were things like retail, were things like food service, the restaurant industry that could not be done remote from their office. I mean, that was us. Pandemic hit, Rob was remote and he's still remote to this day. I got a month and a half that we were shut down and I was back in person full time. That was it. Yep. And so, okay, you know, while we were doing that, you know, 
we had kiddo who was five at the time, not really loving being home all day with just a tablet. So looking back, I almost kind of wish I had quit earlier. <laughs> well, and you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned gig work, right? And yeah. I think that's, th- that, that that exists now is really pretty fascinating to me too, because you can, you can essentially, there are multiple avenues for a person to make money on demand, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not doing a nine to five. So you can kind of plan around, you know, either things you want to do or things, you know, <laughs> like childcare, stuff like that. I'm just remembering. So in my previous role, I, I hired people and uh, was hiring for a role that had a specific pay range. And we offered it to a candidate that actually is someone that I knew and when I told her the pay range, flat out, she told me I would make more driving for Lyft. Yeah. And she would have. That's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I I have friends who DoorDash, who do Rover.com, which is like dog walking on demand yep. kind of. Lots of different gig work. It is a great supplement. But if you do that full time, like you're an Uber driver or you're a Lyft driver that is wear and tear on your vehicle. Yeah. I, um, I used to, when I traveled a lot, I used Ubers and Lyfts mm-hmm. a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, a lot. I haven't been in a ride share in years now, but mm-hmm. I used to take them all the time. And I always wanted to be a little chatty, mm-hmm. you know, with the person. And I'm sure, <laughs> and I'm sure that they get asked the same questions mm-hmm. all the time. How'd you get into it? Any good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that a lot of, I, I, I feel like, and, and probably with any service industry job, right? You probably, you know, small talk becomes even smaller mm-hmm. because you participate in it so regularly. But I was speaking to someone who had leased, and again, this, I mean, as soon as she said she leased her car, I'm like, oh, oh my no. God, that's a terrible idea. So she's, she's yeah, doing ride share. With she's doing ride share at the mm. lease, and she's like, mm. "I'm already, you know, three months in over my allotment for the year, and I'm, I'm. It's not difficult. You're not gonna come out ahead. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna Again, come out like, ahead. Like, so she's math like, skills from well, she's school. like, and she's like borrowing someone else's vehicle or doing oh, this whole gosh. thing because she can't drive the one that she oh, like leased for that purpose. So yeah, I think it's a good supplemental thing, but you're right. If you're doing it all the time, that is a lot of, and I like most of our, Amazon is another fascinating, mm, like mm-hmm. to me, topic on money. I have ordered for the past couple of weeks, anything I've ordered on Amazon has shown up in under 24 hours, mm-hmm. often under 12 hours. I ordered a, like a $6 battery. And I'm like, it probably cost more in gas and wear and tear on the person that brought this $6 battery. Not with any of the other stuff I ordered. It was just an individually wrapped $6 battery that a person brought and left on my doorstep. And it's like, there had to be at least, I mean, how is there any profit there? So there's not, um, but there's a profit in keeping you as a happy customer. Right. But, I'm trying to remember what happened. I think it, I think it was batteries, ironically, where we've talked in a previous episode about how sometimes the listing on Amazon is not 100% right. I was looking for a specific coin battery to go into something. And the result came up and it was like a 12 pack of those things. And I didn't need 12. So I chose the option for two of them. Mm-hmm. 
not realizing that that also changed the size. Yeah. <sighs> Which the metadata is wrong. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so, okay, so I I don't need these two batteries that are the, the wrong size. So I went to return it. And this has happened with other small items, too, where Amazon's really? like, we're just going to give you the money. You just keep it. Yeah. We don't want it. It's it's not worth it to them to have it come back, even right. if you were to because they've already it probably lost money in getting it to you in the first right, place. They're right. going to lose even more to process it. So I think I I ended up giving it away and like the the Facebook buy nothing group that I'm in. Somebody could use this, hopefully. Yeah, and that's the downside I think to Amazon is just the amount of because you know that happens a million and a lot of returns even when they do take stuff mm-hmm. back. I think a lot of it goes on a pallet. It that, does. Yeah. Uh, and then they sell them. Yeah. Like, and then they sell discount. them as, yeah. And they sell them as a pallet. And then whoever buys those pallets probably throws half the stuff away and then picks the stuff that. Mm. So the amount of stuff that's ending up in it's, uh, it's terrible. And <laughs> I still do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, thinking, thinking about, about money as it relates to like stuff. So I am paraphrasing and I, I don't know who to attribute the quote to, but basically like if you look around all of your stuff used to be money and all of that money used to be time. And so is that thing, whatever it is worth the time. You're depressing me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, so then, yeah. Okay. So, so what you get from that is maybe don't buy as often or maybe buy things that are more worthwhile and valuable. Well, I, I, so everybody has different priorities. I, I mean, I don't tend to spend money on things that I feel like are flashy or mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't find myself buying things. Don't you I own think, a Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> but Didn't I, you ship it here from like Florida? I did. <laughs> But I didn't buy it because it was flashy or that I wanted people to see me in it. I, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, we all have these images of ourselves and maybe our friends have slightly different. No, that's fine. Complimentary images. Um, So, yes, I own a Porsche because it's a fun car to drive that I got at a good price. It's zippy. It's zippy. It's just a fun little convertible to to putz around in. I'm already planning to sell it, and I will probably make money on it when I sell it because cars are at a premium these days. Cars are at a premium these days. We debated Rob has a vehicle that he doesn't get a chance to drive very often because he's he's remote. I have I have my mom SUV that I got right before the pandemic, and I'm very glad that I have it. But we want still to have that flexibility so we we're holding on to his car but yeah used car market right now is nuts still (sighs) (laughs) you know what's a you know what's a money pit what's a money pit aviation uh yes i can believe that because you can't like (laughs) there's that whole thing like there's two kinds of drivers the driver who like gets to halfway down their tank and needs to go fill up. And then the driver who's like on E and the fuel lights on. It's like, I know my car. Yeah. You cannot do that with an aeroplane. <laughs> uh, you can't, but lots of people do. Oh, uh, there are, um, I, there, I mean, if you look at anytime there's an aviation accident, they do a very thorough, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter 
how minor it is. If there's an aviation accident, it gets investigated. Like you have a fender bender in your car, nobody's going to come out and do a full report, right? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, if you call the police, they're going to write down whatever you say, right? A- aviation, they like, they want to know what happened. Yeah. And uh, there are a surprising number of ran out of fuel, which mm. I mean, <laughs> like the average plane holds four to six hours of fuel. So it's like, it's not difficult to plan. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing planning. But, yeah, there's a surprising number of, of accidents that are just ran out of gas. That's horrifying. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and many of them, you know, they walk away from because if your engine goes out, you're, you're a glider. It becomes a glider. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you find a. Well, field it's to been put it uh, a few months, but there was that news story of the guy down. Shoot. Was it Alabama? Alabama, Arkansas, it was a deep south state in a small plane and he was like circling the, the Walmart, the Walmart yeah. and threatening yep. and it had gone on for enough hours where we're like, well, it's probably going to be out of fuel real soon. And he did safely land. So he must have just had to run out of gas and just glided into a field. That's it. We're getting off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting off topic again. Uh, aviation is very pricey. I mean, they say boats, you know, means bust out another thousand. Yeah. Uh, actually, Jim, just this weekend, we we did a little flying and he said, he said he thinks in aviation, it's a thousand dollars per syllable. So whatever the item is, however many syllables oh, it is, <laughs> is, is, is a thousand dollars. A great example is re- we replaced the key, like the, uh, the, the, uh, the, like an um, ignition the key? switch. Yeah. And it was about a thousand dollars. That's one syllable. We replaced thousand dollars for a key. The parts and labor were like eight hundred and some dollars. Is it like RFI? Like, is it specialized? No, no, it's it's, it's probably it's probably the same part you would buy at the tractor supply for your lawnmower. I mean, it it, but it since it's the real cost is in the paperwork. Whoever Mm. created that part has essentially signed off that you're not going to die because this part, mm-hmm. you know, was manufactured to tolerances and stuff like that. So So you're not buying airplane parts at Harbor Freight is what you're saying. You're not buying airplane <laughs> parts at Harbor Freight, even though they probably sell the exact same part off of the exact same production line at Harbor Freight without, mm-hmm. you know, the the associated paperwork. And we replaced a cylinder three syllables and it was uh, about $3,000. So I think there is, uh, mm. I think there's something to that. It's, it's horrifying how much <laughs> money goes, uh, goes into that. And, and that's really kind of become over the past year or so that's been my splurge. You know, that's yeah. where a lot of my hobby and disposable. My splurge goes. is not budgeting. I don't coupon clip. I don't, keep track of the dollars that we spend on groceries that that is my big splurge is to not have that mental burden like i don't have to worry that we can pay our gas bill or our electric bill i just don't worry about it we just pay it that is my splurge is this going to be the episode where we both just see her talk about how privileged we are i mean it is is a huge privilege it is huge it has not always been the case in my life it has not it, it has not for for me either i i I mean, obviously, it's a long story, but you know what we i i I grew up with money, and then we had no money, and mm-hmm. so I so I've kind of like as when I was younger, I had kind of saw both mm-hmm. sides of the coin. So I, I've I've 
put a lot of time and effort into building the comfort mm-hmm. that I that I have. And as far as as far as splurges, um, I think travels another one. I have a I have a good friend whose father uh, died at a relatively young age, like I think in his fifties, maybe about sixty, and he didn't travel much. He saved everything, you know, mm-hmm. and then he never really got to retire and, mm-hmm. and kind of enjoy the 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 fruits of his labor. So we we definitely save money, but when it comes to things like traveling and experiencing things and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we'll tend to splurge because I want to make sure we have the opportunity to have those experiences because you never really know. Yeah, you're um, not guaranteed. Yeah. So I would rather have an airplane and see the world from a couple thousand above, or I'd rather splurge a little bit and go on a vacation. Then I would, I, I would rather do those things than have a new kitchen or, um, a well, much, you don't cook. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. a new bathroom or, you know, um, a nicer Porsche, <laughs> like a not cheap Porsche, you know, like uh, I don't, I don't have, I, when I, going back to like, I don't think I, again, I'll, I'll allow the audience to make decisions, but going back to, I stand by, I tend to spend my money on experiences more than flash, I think. Okay. And Carla's giving me the look of. Like, I, I, I I already teased you once. I feel like that's enough <laughs> per episode. I don't I don't need to like harass you. So anyway, we, here's a a meme that I saw going around as a kid because you know we've we've mentioned you know you had money and then you didn't and then like my family honestly if we if we had money or didn't we were saving so aggressively that it felt like we didn't just very naturally thrifty folks. So as a kid. What was the thing that you thought of as like, oh, if you have that, whatever that is, that makes you rich? Um, my neighbors had a swimming pool. Oh, good, good one. And I, I, and 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 he was a doctor, so okay. like I feel like okay, I, I, yeah, I assume that having a swimming pool meant you were rich. What about you? So I've been thinking about this for a long time as these memes go around. And I think, ironically, going to Disney was a sign that you were rich to me as a kid. Like, no one in my family went. Mm-hmm. Like, none of my cousins. No, nobody went. The rich kids at school went. So, like, that was that was interesting for me going earlier this summer. Like, oh, like, I am now what my childhood <laughs> self considered to be an affluent person. Congratulations, Carly. Thank You've you. made it. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and Disney, I mean, I feel like Disney, you can't, uh, it, Disney and money just, Disney, I, I, well, I feel like there's no better. It's the, it's the time. So if you're working, you need to take that time off and then it's, so like Rob went a few times as a kid, but his parents were both school teachers. They had the summers off completely. Mm-hmm. And so they would drive down and then they camped. They had their little pop-up camper. Hey, throwback. Yeah. Um, and they would camp i think it was like 40 dollars a night yeah at the disney campground that is that is not the price anymore when I, ask, I feel like to me it's it seems to me and i haven't been to disney in years myself but it mm-hmm. seems to me like there used to be a way to do disney with a little bit of thrift in mind and i feel like those days are are gone so another friend of mine just got back from disney yeah and they just they didn't have a good time yeah they said it, it's so busy and so expensive, uh, and 
they, I think you'd mentioned this as well. There was just a day where they said, we're not, we're, we're done doing things. We're done waiting in line for hours. We're done spending all this money. We're going to just have a, a chill day. So they had a whole bunch of stuff planned that they, mm-hmm. they, they canceled all of it. Yeah. I think it seems like they keep raising the prices, but people keep coming. Yeah. Like, so you raise the price because supply and demand, it seems like no matter how much they put the, no, no matter how high they make the prices, people are still showing up in droves and, and crowding the place. Yeah. I mean, we went kind of peak season. Mm-hmm. I do have friends who go like every year and they go off season. They don't have kids for the most part. They share hotel rooms with other couples. Um, and so that is a way to keep the costs down. But yeah, it it's definitely the most expensive vacation I have ever taken. And I am not counting my study abroads because I had tuition and things yeah. like that to pay right. for. But well, but it was looking back like that's not something we would have done as a family when I was growing up for many reasons, not just the money. Yeah. We would not have done that. So that's 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 my my richness. You have swimming pools. Yep. You know. I have Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So that's that's a childhood. What would make you rich? So like now, now you're an adult. You have your your own financial well, situation. Like what what big purchase is still kind of like oh, if I were rich, I could buy X. Well, and that uh, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, we probably could. We probably qualify as as um at least in. Like the upper middle class. Let's say you're probably upper upper middle class. But I mean, the thing I've realized is that uh, there's a big gap between kind of being upper middle class where you where I would say like I, I think probably both of us fall mm-hmm. and like, we are not yeah. <laughs> because we have a child. And oh, let me yeah. tell you how <laughs> that like, does change the formula. I was looking. Speaking of money, like there's such a difference. Was talking. Group, group chat with some girlfriends and uh, the topic of actress Selma Blair came up <laughs> for reasons that don't matter. But there was this connection to her because of the private school that she went to outside the Metro Detroit area. And so I was curious and I went looking and there are schools like this in the Cleveland area as well, where it's, Mostly a day school. Maybe they have a boarding option for international students and tuition. We're talking like for a second grader would be $40,000 a year. Jeez. So back. So that's money. Like yeah. to be able well, that's, and to that's, spend that yes. on your kid. That's, I is, think that's the, I think that's like, I don't think, I don't think we will go beyond the level we're at. Yeah. Here, Cause the, the next, the, the next gap is massive. And, and so. I, another thing I probably would have thought when I was a kid, you know, this makes you rich is owning an airplane. Yeah. And I, I own, well, let's <laughs> to be fair, half. I own half an airplane, right. It's the um, left half or the right half? It's the, it's the front half. <laughs> the front half, half oh, half. okay. Yeah, because most of the expensive bits are in the front half. Gotcha. So when we were joking about which half, is like, well, gotcha. the, good, the, the important stuff's all yeah. up front. Despite my earlier comments, it is not as prohibitively expensive as, like, it's more attainable, I think, than one might think. It's think, not like a private jet. It's not like a private jet, right? Most of the cost, I think, goes into the maintenance and mm-hmm. the upkeep and stuff like that. Again, I think it's very similar to having a boat where the acquisition of the item is not 
the real cost, the keeping it running and safe and mm-hmm. the cost and, and yeah. the cost to actually use it, those are all pricey. But I'm at the airport a lot and I was there once a couple months ago and a jet landed and three SUVs with tinted windows rolled up and they rolled the carpet out and people ran into the car. Like the whole, like, like it was mm-hmm. a very choreographed experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think we should do our lightning round. Lightning round yeah, about our, money? Our, yeah. What is a, in, uh, a major financial investment that you see on your horizon? I mean, it's going to be home repairs. I I have a list of home repairs. We did our driveway last year and a custom window last year. This year I'm I'm tree murdering, which is not as expensive, but I I have more home repair type stuff. And like not necessarily only repair, but I want new window treatments for my living room type of stuff. So those are the next couple of big purchases. I want uh, I think our garage is fixed now, maybe. Um, so I want to like get that painted. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Very yeah. exciting. But we I'm, just did our roof last year, and that ooh, was a big. Uh, that was a big knock chunk on of, wood. I won't actually knock on your desk because then you have to edit it out. But <laughs> knock on <laughs> knock and, on wood. Uh, uh, I think our our roof is and okay. our heating and air conditioning is uh, oh yeah original to the house. So I have a feeling that that you know every that's every one that's on my list. We're, uh, we're uh, skating it. <laughs> and, and again, talk about again. You know, audience can make their own whatevers, and maybe I should have replaced it already. But every spring, mm-hmm. our our condenser, like the outside component of the air conditioning, freezes up, and I have to run out there with a hammer <laughs> and just bang the crap out of it until it starts spinning. So it's already like on its last legs. Yeah. But I keep buying it, and it's probably costing me dozens of extra dollars a season. Just because if it's running, if, yeah. it, if that if it's running like that, it's obviously running very inefficiently. We've got yeah. So we I had someone out because I I was worried about our HVAC. So back around like St. Patrick's Day, I had someone out to look at the furnace and the the air conditioner. The furnace is around twenty years old, and the air conditioner is around twenty five plus, and definitely slowest lightning round ever. Definitely had <laughs> like chipmunk nest yeah. inside my air conditioner we had to yeah. clean out a lot of so airports. we both probably have home repair is the next big purchase yep for us i feel like it's i i've I, and i think i mentioned this before i've got an itch to buy another piece of property or something mm. like uh, we used to have i've mentioned in past episodes we used to have a condo that we rented as a like a vacation rental mm-hmm. um and i've kind of got an itch to I've got a couple Zillow searches programmed in Mm -hmm. for like properties in certain areas to pop up. So now that the market I think is going to be shifting, maybe we'll take this opportunity. But I know so many people who want to buy houses and can't. Right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. We know a lot of people who. who, Yeah. And my hope for those people is that they won't now just be priced out by interest rates versus, you know, because if it's, you know, shifting one thing for. We'll for see. another thing. I think we're in for another financial kind yeah. of bumpy ride here, but that's another, no, we're, I'm depressed. We're again. elder millennials. So this isn't <laughs> anything new for us. Nothing new for us, but I would hate to be, cause I think it's going to be a rougher, potentially a rougher ride than, than some of the past ones have been. We'll see. So final, final thoughts since our lightning round wasn't very lightning. Um, there's a YouTuber that I follow. This YouTuber has a lot of cars and he's in the business of cars and, he did a he did a he did a video where he says, you know, a lot of people ask me 
you know, how much I make, how do I make all this money? How do I afford all these cars? And how, you know, they ask questions mm -hmm. and he- The business. The business, yeah. And he says, for him, his translation of, of how comfortable somebody is or how much money they make or whatever it boils down to, if something happens not in your favor financially, like uh, maybe a customer service thing, you got overbilled or something like that mm -hmm. or or whatever, or, you know, some money got lost or whatever, what's the threshold where- it's not worth the time and frustration to deal with it. Mm. And he said for him, he felt it was about $500. Wow. So I thought that was kind of an interesting metric. Yeah. Um, I would probably put mine at around $200. <laughs> mine is much lower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of it is also like, I don't mind dealing with customer service people. I usually approach them collaboratively. So yeah. it's not like a big hassle, but I would, I would definitely like pursue $10. <laughs> well, you know, to me, politely and kindly, to me, to me yeah. and to Dana both, sometimes it's a principle of the thing kind of a thing, right? Like the other night we didn't get a $2 item on DoorDash mm -hmm. and it, you know, she was going to do the online chat to get the $2 back. And it's like, if you spend 10 seconds dealing with this, it's not really worth the time but it kind of became about the principle like no i ordered my you know whatever mm. um i don't know if i would do that for two dollars definitely for ten dollars yeah. not sure about two dollars meanwhile i would not have bothered at all I, I think it's hard to put a specific number on it because it's really circumstantial most customer service is so terrible and i think they bet on that right that's Maybe. why they make that's why they make canceling things hard i okay this is this is not a lightning round anymore. So I had an internship many, many years ago in the days of cell phone roaming. Do you remember cell phone roaming? Oh, yeah. 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 So I had gotten myself a new cell phone number for this internship that I thought was going to do it. And as it turns out, the apartment that I was staying at was approximately 10 minutes outside of the zone. And my cell phone bill was like $350. And I was in, I made no money, you know? So I called and I called and they forgave it. And it was this thing. And she gave me a new number that was going to work. And then the next month, the next bill came and it was $500. Yikes. So I called back and they said, well, you've already been forgiven once. Well, yeah. We can't do it again. And so I sat there with them for almost an hour because of the size of the dollar amount. The representative I spoke to couldn't do anything. But that was back in the day where they would give you an itemized bill with every call. And I said, you know, I'm looking at this and all of the calls happened before I called in the last time. And I'm the kind of person like I wrote down the day that I called and the name of the person <laughs> yeah, I talked right. to. So, so these were all of the calls that had happened but were not billed yet. And so you should forgive them. And so they did. But but I was on the phone for about an hour and it was with two gentlemen and, and they even joked said, you have been so nice. Most people who call us are screaming at us and calling us names. We might not have done this for you. Yeah. Had I you had, not been so nice. I had um, I had an issue with our Internet provider and because they just got bought out. And oh, and everybody hates the and new everybody company. hates the new company. Everybody. Um, and I had to wait 
like two hours. Now, of course, I had it on my speakerphone. I was working during the day. When I finally got to somebody at the end of the call, she, she same same thing. She gave me a great deal, and she's like, "You know what? You've just been so nice." And I'm like, "Well, you're this isn't your fault. You didn't you right. know, you didn't say let's buy this company in Ohio and you know and not have the infrastructure have to the support infrastructure. it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you're just doing you know you're just doing your job. How would I you know I would be a terrible mm-hmm. person if I was screaming at you about something you have no control over. And so she thanked me. She gave me a big credit. She gave me a great deal. Nice. Yeah. And I wasn't doing these things to get those things, but you know, I just don't mm-hmm. be a jerk, you know? Yeah. And I guess I'm going to, since you talked about like roaming and stuff like that mm-hmm. and kind of telecom of, of that era, I'm going to do a quick plug for another podcast. Oh, okay. Um, there's a podcast called 20,000 Hertz and it's all about sound, which sounds kind of dumb or silly, but it's actually really fascinating because they kind of, they I think they very loosely ap- apply it. And one of the episodes they did fairly recently was on 900 numbers. You remember 900 numbers? I do. Like back in the day. Oh, now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and and they, and they uh, it's the same thing where <laughs> lots of people would get these big bills because their kids would call like the Hulk Hogan line or whatever and not realize that it costs like $3 a minute or something well, like we that. Would... So check that episode out <laughs> and check that podcast out in general because it's it? a favorite 20, one. 20,000 20, hertz. 20, so a plug hertz. for another podcast. I'm remembering 900 numbers and I'm not going to do my 900 number impression because you're going to record me and make me regret it. <laughs> I'll make that the new button. <laughs> Pick your topic now. <laughs> All right. All right. On that note, we, yeah. we're way over. We've done three lightning rounds, none of which have been lightning now. No. I think it's time to shut this thing down. Okay. So I have been Matt. And I have been Carla. And we will see you soon. Hey, friends. Okay, you've got to have some feedback on this episode, and we want to hear it. Are you a coupon clipper? What's your favorite way to spend a few extra dollars? Is driving a 20-year-old Porsche considered flashy? Call our voicemail line at 216-505-0180, or click the Facebook link in the show notes and let us know. We just might feature it in a future episode. If you like this episode, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast app, share our episode post on Facebook, or tell a friend. And as always, Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Come back again for an all new episode in two short weeks.